Welcome to Horror and More with Anya Gore. I am your horror mistress, Anya. And today, I am giving you a very small mini review of the 2016 movie Hush, directed by Mike Flanagan, starring Kate Siegel and John Gallagher Jr. This is your spoiler warning. I will be talking about spoilers. So if you've not seen it, I highly recommend you go watch this one. And then come back to my episode, throw this on, and let's get right into it. The premise of this movie is it is a deaf and mute writer who retreated into the woods to live a solitary life, must fight for her life in silence when a masked killer appears at her window. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. It got 6.6 out of 10 on IMDb. It was written by Mike Flanagan and Kate Siegel. And it was nominated for seven awards and won two. So the first thing I'm going to start off with is saying I am not actually a huge Mike Flanagan fan. Over the years of watching his tv series and his movies um i'm just not really into his vibe i watched this movie before i had seen any of mike's tv shows and i loved this movie the first time i watched it so i wasn't sure if it was going to hold up for a second watch and for my review uh one of the big reasons i'm not a huge mike flanagan fan is everything he writes and directs is very slow which is fine. Slow burns are great, but the direction they go, um, it, it doesn't lead to a big climax or a big finale that I, I wait for. I really enjoyed the haunting of Hill house. That was fantastic. Um, but what kept me intrigued by the whole thing was the continual use of the dark concepts and the horrifying visuals. Um, But his other things don't have that same integrated horror amongst the episodes or while you're watching the movie. And so I find it doesn't really, as a horror watcher, unless he does horror, if he's doing something sci-fi or something in more of the drama zone, it's just not very strong. So, at the beginning of this movie, I love that you can quote-unquote hear what she hears, which is very little. So, you know, in the opening scene. Uh, So, what this does is this immediately puts you into her headspace. And it's a nice balance because it allows the audience to hear real time from a space of having hearing. So, it... It balances, you You do hear things as the audience, but then you also hear things from her perspective. And I find that that really helps to kind of submerge you into what she's experiencing. One of the first scenes of gore and horror is the scene where Sarah, who is the next door neighbor, she comes running up and is banging on the door. And I loved this scene. Uh, the, the, the idea of being a woman alone in a cabin 
and having no idea really what's even out there is so scary. But where I felt this scene as strong as it was visually, and I loved the the horror and the, the gore with it, I struggled to believe that with Sarah banging on the window that Maddie would not have felt the vibrations. I feel like she would have felt some kind of vibrations. I felt it would have been a little bit more effective or believable if it was happening at night. Um, it, it happened when Maddie was in the kitchen and then, you know, she's, she's mere feet away from this door where her neighbor is banging and banging and banging and screaming. And then the killer goes on to continue to stab her. I just, I, I truly believe that Maddie would have felt some vibrations walking or some kind of movement on the deck. And then after that scene, you see the killer is watching her and then he starts knocking on the, on the window. And again, I, I just struggle to believe that Maddie wouldn't really feel any kind of vibration at all. But that kill scene was great. So one of the things that I found out was um, Kate Siegel when she was asked if she knew sign language prior to this film, she said no, that she worked with an incredible coach who, she says, drilled me at night and on and day, night and day on the signs and also helped me really understand the experience of not experiencing the wealth of someone who can hear. You know, reading this, it's true. It, it is privilege. It's wealth having all of our senses. And I like that this movie removes some of those senses at times. I, I truly feel like it really puts you into that mind frame of being scared and what it would be like if you were deaf and you were being stalked by a killer in the woods. What I found very inspiring in this movie was the actual killer himself. Um, not only is he terrifying with just the mask, but when he walks, he walks with confidence. And a killer walking with confidence is really scary. I mean, think back to, to all of the big monstrous killers, the big slasher killers that we, we know about. You know, Michael Myers, he's deadly silent. Walks with confidence. That's scary. You know, Freddy Krueger, confidence, scary, Jason, confidence. They, they just, they're, they're nothing but pure evil. And because of that, their whole body just emanates this confidence all the time. And that is really scary. Um, the scene after Maddie has taken the man's bow and has locked herself in the house and then Sarah's boyfriend shows up. When he is put together, the man isn't good and who he says he is. I truly think that Maddie coming to the window and looking at the scene, she would have noticed that Sarah's boyfriend had a rock in his hand and was about to smash it to the man's head. But instead, she immediately begins banging on the window and this causes a distraction for Maddie's boy or uh, Sarah's boyfriend and then everything changes, right? I felt that was a bit odd. Because up until this point, Maddie 
had been so put together. She had outsmarted this killer several other times. So I felt like this was a bit of a flaw that didn't match her ability to have that survivalist instinct. You know, but then the more I thought about that afterwards, she's also in a constant state of fear at this point of the movie. So what do you think? Do you think that scene would would have been reflected in that accurate way that it was? Or do you kind of agree with me that it kind of felt a little bit out of place? So even though there were obvious tropes in this movie, you know, she's in the cabin late at night in the woods by herself, she's sheltered, it's all at night. What I really like was that in this typical slasher style movie, they made it their own and they really get you into the headspace of both the film and the killer. So watching this a second time has really given me a kind of a, from a creator's perspective, watching it has given me a different sense of being in Kate Siegel's position which is from the perspective of, you know, people being deaf and or disabled. And I kind of looked into that a little bit. And apparently there were some well-known actors who saw this movie and did not think the movie had realism. So there's, knowing that, one of the scenes that I, I, I struggled to believe was when you hear this inner dialogue of Maddie hearing, you know, her, what she thinks would be herself speaking. And, um, yeah, she had her hearing when she was young. So I assume there would be some memory there. But the inner voice of, of her mother, it, it was a bit cheesy. And I felt like it really would only appeal to a popcorn movie watcher who required this. I truly think that we didn't even need it. I think it would have been really neat to simply watch her brain work and to come up with the plan and execute all of the the surprising survivalistic instincts that she had all on her own. I think if they had removed that element of it and made it a little less obvious, I really think it would have been a bit stronger. Another thought that I had while I was watching this is the man, the killer, seems like he had done this before. This does not appear to be the first time that he's ever stalked someone. He took down Sarah's boyfriend with ease. He killed Sarah immediately. But Maddie outsmarts him. I don't know. It, it didn't seem very feasible because they didn't have her playing up on her other senses. You know, I, I, I am not a person that has lost any of my senses, but the limited things that I've read about this or I've seen about this is when your senses have shifted, some of the other senses can become more heightened. So you would think that, you know, okay, she can't hear, but can she smell stronger? Or is her or is her vision just really, really tight? If that was a factor here, it would seem more plausible then that someone her size and capabilities could take down a deranged serial killer, but that was not something that they played up at all. 
And I felt like that was a bit of a missed opportunity. So the first time I watched it, as I mentioned, I absolutely loved this movie. But this time, I was watching it from a critic's eye and from a creator's mindset. I still enjoyed it, but with a little less enthusiasm. I will say I think this is by far Mike Flanagan's best work. I feel it's superior to The Haunting of Bly Manor. Definitely, definitely stronger than Gerald's Game. And overall, I thought it was a better film than Before I Awake. These are all other movies he's directed and TV shows. The only other thing that he has directed that I would say would be in the same zone of strength and impressiveness as this movie, but not quite as strong, are the movie Oculus and then The Haunting of Hill House. Dr. Sleep had many flaws, and that was a very triggering movie for me. (laughs) If you're a mother or a father or a parent or you are not good with any kind of uh, children getting harmed in a movie, be very careful with that one. And don't even get me started on Midnight Mass. I thought that show was terrible. It did not have very many redeeming qualities to me. So I think for the first time I watched this, I probably would have given it a four out of five. Um, But this time I'm giving it a three and a half out of five. So it's still a really enjoyable movie. And for a popcorn movie watcher, I can imagine you would get scared here. You would have jump scares. You would feel an overall creepy factor. If you're a consistent horror movie watcher, I don't know that you would feel that same fear. But it's still very enjoyable movie to watch and I do think that Kate carried this movie so bravo Kate and just a few little bits of trivia I found about this movie that I wanted to share before I sign off so because the main character is deaf and mute the film contains less than 15 minutes of dialogue meaning that more than 70 minutes of this movie occur without a single spoken word That is incredible. Incredible. I love that. Mike Flanagan and Kate Siegel are married. They conceived this storyline while they were on a dinner date in 2014. They did not get married until 2016. I loved that fun fact. The two of them conceived this idea before they were married, before they had even integrated their worlds together completely. I love that. So this movie did have a lot of flack from the deaf community. Uh, And a deaf actor you may know is Millicent Simmons. She was one of the main characters in A Quiet Place and A Quiet Place 2. She called this movie inauthentic. As she has stated, I saw it with some of my deaf friends and we were pretty highly critical of it just because it didn't feel real. She also said, you can't really do enough research if you're not living it. If you're not in this situation and you're not really living with it and you don't sign, then it's hard to express that and have it still feel real. What are your thoughts? Did you enjoy this movie? Did Mike Flanagan get you into a headspace of feeling fear or feeling sympathy or empathy for this character? Do you think you would have done something differently? How many stars out of five would you give this? 
please comment, reach out to me, and let me know what you thought of the movie Hush. Signing out, Anya Gore.